I want to thank everyone who has contributed to Sokokoji and uh, Buddhist community. It's a community. It's a not-for-profit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And help us. Continue to help us. We don't. We don't really make any money doing this. Uh, this is not a good business decision. <laughs> so, but it is a it is an excellent uh, spiritual path that leads into places. Uh, you are ignoring illusion, illusion, and delusion. That's the talk title, illusion. So delusion, most of the world is operating out of delusion. They look ahead, they smell, taste, touch, they receive everything, and then they, when they're receiving everything, they also project onto it. So if something shows up, a sound, immediately we, instead of receiving the sound, we immediately we know what that is, and we know who's saying it, who's doing it, why it's happening, why they shouldn't be making that noise, or they should be, or it should be a different tone. Should be, should be, always constantly correcting everything. The world is doing this every direction because they have no spiritual path. And when I say spiritual path, I have a very definite uh, description of that. It's not about results. If it's about results, it's, it's a mundane path of getting somewhere, collecting something, and feeling better. Want to spend your time doing that, feeling better? The Buddha said 2,500 years ago, life is suffering. He didn't pull any punches. Lucky for us. So we, therefore, we have this incredible lineage of human beings who have understood and realized what the Buddha was pointing at themselves. So they were able to teach three people, one person, 10 people, 1,500 people. Just because somebody has thousands of people in front of them doesn't mean that they're speaking the truth. It might look pretty good for a while. In order for there to be a Dharma teacher, there only needs to be one student. The teacher cannot, the teacher who sees what this is cannot teach unless there's someone to receive that teaching. So there are probably have been, have been lots of teachers who we don't even know about. As long as you think you see what is in front of you or what's happening to you, I don't care if you just lost your job and that has this incredible reality to it, receive that. When I'm, I'm, I could say, well, stop whining about it. <laughs> well, anything that happens to you is unreal. Ultimately unreal. It's a spiritual path, but relatively, it can be a dagger in your chest. It occurred. And it is dependently arisen. That means it doesn't, the singularity behind it that looks like cause and effect is the illusion. That is the illusion. That it looks so damn real. And they actually did it. And uh, the legal system is such that it will actually, because it wants to have the idea, the feeling of control instead of the, instead of magnanimity and kindness and generosity which is the path of the Buddhas, the path of the Tathagata. Instead, we convert it into something we're going to wrestle with or blame. As soon as you pull your finger out of the holster and start to blame somebody, you're just participating in something that is an illusion, as if it were real. It is not real. It's not, it doesn't mean that it won't hurt or feel bad or 
drive you crazy, cause you to spin, cause you to lash out at others because lashing out, having a production of something, an outflow, takes away some of the pre- the pressure, the humiliation, the shame, the loss, the inability to understand what this is and get a handle on something. You can't get a handle on emotions. But you, you want to have some kind of say-so about it, it's not going to be much. But receive it. And this is what you're practicing. This is what we've been, we've been doing for the uh, almost a month now. All the days of February 28th this year. Receive, sit down, hold still, watch what moves. I sit here every day myself. I might not sit here the entire day, but I'm here much as I can be. But I see people on Zoom. And I see people in here sitting down, holding still, and just receiving whatever is coming. You might be also fighting with it in your mind, but you could also receive that you're fighting. You have to always come back to the original situation. Receive, receive, receive. You can see why teachers in the past who understood this would whack people in the head, especially in ancient Japan, Korea, possibly in China. I'm not sure about the history there as far as using these kinds of sticks that's sitting back here. The ship bay. Not a good idea to hit people. But, you know, in past centuries, the whole structure, you know, we didn't have Google. We didn't have Zoom. We did, our communication was very, very limited to what you could even say or signal to someone else, especially if you didn't have the same language. It's just amazing that the Buddha's Dharma has, is arriving here, has arrived here that I met my teacher in 1973, that he came from Tibet, went to England, came to the United States, founded Karma Choling, or practice place of the Karma Kagyu, which was called Tail of the Tiger. Why? Being around him was like hanging onto the tail of a tiger. You didn't, you didn't know where it was going to go. And when I asked one of the uh, Gelugpa Lamas that I met in Kalamazoo, what do you think? I I didn't tell him I was a student of Trungpa. I said, what do you think about him? And these other monks said, well, well," I have to paraphrase a little. We're not really sure what he's going to (laughs) do. There was a little little worried because he was not a traditional teacher like Mingyur Rinpoche or or, uh, Dogo Kense Rinpoche, Kempo. Kempo Kartar, and so on. I mean, all of them were t- teaching traditional in a traditional manner, respectable. He was not. He's still receiving bad press from the way he acted. I'm not here to justify anything. But the world is, and we, our own minds, are, when something shows up in the mind stream, we add to it. We we compliment, we comment on it, we elaborate on it, we reinforce it, especially if it's something where we think somebody caused this, somebody poured a bunch of emotions into us, and therefore they they didn't just trigger us, they actually caused the emotion. This is just, what am I going to say? What can I say? Should I say it? What do you guys think? Should I say it? Yes or no? I should? It's bullshit. It's just, it's untrue. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt like hell. It isn't painful. Of course it is. 
That's how you know it's an illusion. Don't believe your thoughts. Don't believe your illusion, your emotions, but don't push them away. That, that's saying you believe them. Don't explain them. That's saying that you believe them. Don't go to war with them. Don't do anything with you. Do anything with them. You make a slightest adjustment to anything. This is the very nature of illusion. It has to be seen. And the only way you can see it that I know of is to sit down and watch the movement of the mind hour after hour, day after day, week after week, year after year, so that your life situation that shows up, you stop getting fooled by it and getting dragged into something that is circular and is an illusion, is unreal. So illusion, you have to see the illusion. You don't have to get rid of it. But if you don't see the illusion, then you're deluded by what you're seeing. So therefore, it's a delusion, simple way of saying it. If you see it's unreal, uh, believe it or not, and I don't mean that you should believe anything, but you could actually enjoy yourself in the midst of your suffering. In the midst of your suffering, as you suffer, as you're depressed, as you're as, 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 receive that. It's an, it's an incredible gift for you. And there's no giver, there's no giving, there's no receiving. Threefold purity is another way of saying it. Take a close look. Take a closer look. Find out who this is. So there's no doubt about who this is. You can do that. That's available to you. Don't believe me, but you can consider what I'm talking about. You can consider I'm saying, Look at it. Where do you look at it? Right there. It might not show up there, but that's the area where you sharpen the blade. You still haven't gotten around to cutting anything. And then when you pick your lazy butt up off the cushion and go into the kitchen or go into your life, then the accuracy, the, del the deliberation, and the certainty, complete unconditional certainty about who you are and what this world is. You take a cut at something and you and you you immediately are not separate from anything that blade is so sharp it is called traditionally the sword of manjushri this has two two edges which a lot of swords do but in this one the symbolic part of that is it cuts both ways it cuts through the illusion of a self and the illusion of an other at the same time so the image only goes so far just like the image of the peloponnesian wars and 2,500 years ago, is also very similar to what's happening here. It's just more circularity, more people fighting and trying to get this and stop that. And, and it's not that some of the people who are very kind and very good and very sweet and uh, have, a, have a lifetime that is not, uh, where their mind isn't too clouded, these people actually start to help others. They become doctors, they become nurses, they become people who want to have a life where they're, where they're supporting other people. It's still not the spiritual path, but it can have a spiritual aspect to it because there's less demand for being appreciated. There's less demand for all of that. It's not, not transactional. The spiritual path is not transactional. Uh, there's lots of others transactional, transactional analysis, which are transactional therapies of different kinds. So a little bit of that, but not much, even as a, when you were studying the Nirvana Sutra, uh, 
talked about where the Buddha, where all these uh, wealthy uh, kings and queens and high society people and people in the culture came and offered to the Buddha, and the Buddha sat there. I presume is that how you read it? He he didn't uh, he didn't look like he was receiving much. But what was important there? The offering. The offering to the Buddha. So if you if you receive, uh, or if you like, if you're given something and you and you have uh, gratitude for it that you express, then it's transactional. This doesn't mean you shouldn't say thanks. You should look at that whole transactional area of uh, please and thank you. Don't let anything slip under the carpeting, slip between the walls, go into the cracks of your mind and never come out for 16 years. And then suddenly starts showing up in the middle of a solitary retreat. Delusion. Deluded about what it is. It looks like that's right, that's wrong. This is me, that's them. I'm going this way. They're stopping me from getting what I want. Uh, this happened over here. I don't deserve that. Blah, blah, blah. Me, 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 me. Have you noticed how you're really concerned about how you feel about everything? And you want to get out of that feeling by blaming somebody for it. If you're blaming, even if they're actually doing something that's triggering you, if you're blaming anybody for anything that you're feeling or thinking or smelling or tasting or touching, shall I say it this way? You're part of the problem. You're, you're not part of the problem so much, but you're thinking of yourself as a part that can win or lose. You're, the ego mind is coming together in a, in a as Trungpa Rinpoche would say, a cocoon. You're, you can't, no, no oxygen, no air can get into the consciousness because it's trapped in a ball of self-centeredness. You don't have to get out of it. You have to see that it is unreal. So no one's pouring emotions into you. Those are your, it's your body-mind complex that is having the emotions. And the karma that shows up is this body with these ears, this nose, and this thought pattern, and this ability, or this lack of ability, uh, is dependently risen. There's no self in this kind of form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness. Do not add up to a person. That's the illusion that we misunderstand. So we are deluded about it. We're deluded about the illusion. But if you're clear about the illusion, you relax. And you, uh, I think Coben expressed it better than I could, falling apart, falling apart. All the ideas, the conjunctions, the collection, the opinions, the beliefs about the self and the other just fall apart. Falling apart, falling apart, falling apart. Nothing to do. Everything all at once. That wipes out past and future. It's not that they aren't there. They're unreal. And what does that lead to? This present moment is unreal. It is here. But it's, uh, it's an illusion. And one who sees this uh, might be able to point to it. And they may not be. There are a lot of people teaching uh, the Dharma, teaching Buddhism, some of them with are very famous and with lots of credentials and fancy things. Uh, that doesn't does, that does not validate what they're teaching as the Buddha's Dharma. Go ahead, sir. So 
Dakota Boeing. When we see or when I see that I'm completely buying into the blame, like someone's doing something to me and causing how I feel. Yes. What is it to take a, a step back from that? Drop your weapons. Don't fight with anything. Respect people's confusion. And you're doing that on the wall by respecting your own confusion. When you sit and face the wall, like we've been doing here as a Sangha or as a community, both here and on the other side of the globe, actually, when we sit and do that, we see, what do we see? We see the passion, aggression, and ignorance in our own mind, and we don't fight with it. We actually are willing to be genuine. That's the only way you'll see it's an illusion, because if you push on any of it, if you take a position, take an opinion, start sliding in and trying to get some kind of, some kind of success story out of your mind stream, this, you're going to fail. It is, as Trunk Rinpoche said, I quote him because I can't say it much better than that. The path to awaken is one disappointment after another until the final disappointment, which is awakening itself. And what is the disappointment? Nothing happens. How do I know that? I don't know it. That's how I know it. It's, a, it's beyond knowing or not knowing. It is beyond knowing that's a sound or not knowing that's a sound. Go ahead. How do we drop our weapons without it being another jab or another kind of aggression? It could be, but you'd be aware of that too. But you have to start somewhere. One of the ways to, uh, to drop your weapons is to, is to return to the, you're a monk. So you would, you could do it through prostration. Well, anyone could do that, but you don't have to be a monk. But use your body. Body and mind are not two separate things. They just look intensely like you can do something with a body and then your mind can be doing something else. You can't do that. You can, but that's the very nature of the lack of synchronicity between the body and mind, stretching them apart so you can get your own way through thinking, elaboration, analysis. It goes on and on and on. This is what we were going through in your interview. Constant spinning around with everything. You remember that? Yeah. Still happening? Yeah. Just look at it. You don't have to succeed. That's the mundane path. If you want to succeed, you're probably in the wrong building. Because this is about beyond that. It's transcending success and failure. Transcending life and death. Transcending, transcending Buddhas and sentient beings. Transcending, going beyond it. It is actually can be described as just an open dimension where you don't know what the hell is happening. But since there's no solid self anymore, you don't mind. You, you enjoy yourself. You're not enjoying people's suffering, but you're enjoying the spaciousness that begins to show up as consciousness only more. Is there an attitude of prostration that we can take in the midst of being triggered? So the trigger uh, is triggering something that you are it already is there. It's already your emotion. If you've been in many relationships, you'll notice that the, they might get triggered in a different way. You move into another relationship, there's that same thing again coming up, maybe a little bit different. Maybe it has a tall hat on or maybe it, you know, smoking a pipe. But it's a different kind of dynamic, but it's, it's the same thing. It is your emotion that is be being triggered by an apparent otherness. And that's why you should be grateful to everyone and everything. The person that gives you the most difficulty, gratitude. 
gratitude. Thank you very much. You're not thanking that personhood. You're not thanking the ego. You're thanking the dynamic that is showing up in front of you that is called pratitya samutpada, dependent origination. You actually get to taste it yourself in your own mind, the truth of that reality. Go ahead. Are you saying something different than actually bowing and thanking that person? Because that seems like it could just really flare up the situation, like to be almost insulting. You, well, you wouldn't necessarily do it in front of them. I mean, you might, I, you know, it would depend. If the person is your Dharma teacher, that's the place to do it. But if the person is your partner, probably not. Might want to do that in private, but keep them in mind. Thank you very much. I have no complaints whatsoever. Thank you for the teaching that I received from you. Wouldn't necessarily go and tell them. It's not that kind of a situation where somebody somebody functions as a teacher without even knowing it. They can. More? Thank you. Good line of questioning. You want to call it a line? Go ahead. Question from Adriana. Yes. She says, hi, Sokazan. If I am not sitting, is this because I am avoiding receiving? If I find that I am avoiding meditation, how can I bring myself to the cushion? Well, just, you could join us. We meditate every day. Just go on Zoom, which I assume that's what you're doing, and see there are people sitting there. Write up, give yourself a post-it note or an index card or something. I sit every day from with the Sangha on Zoom. I do this every day. And then watch how you can't quite do that. That's still practice. You're, you're going to need to, to, I'm very biased here. You're going to need, need to find a way to slow down and do nothing and yet keep the senses open so that the, the very sense that looks like something you're producing starts to receive, which is thinking, 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 thinking. Sit down and observe that. Practice, practice, practice create a situation where where you might not sit but you're going to be there's going to be a lot of awareness that you're not training your mind you're just mind is just spinning around all the time more than likely question on uh, zoom you'll have to speak up because i have a uh, 46 screens open here so i might not see you Mesh, go ahead um so whenever i hear this uh, instruction to receive um it, it uh, like when i try to implement it um i feel like i might go become passive uh, like there may be situations where uh, uh, where let's say i'm working with a difficult person um i need to defend the project i need to um, do certain things to like uh, contract that uh, not the person but let's say what is good for the project um, but um, when I receive, how do I receive, but still um, do the right thing? Uh, uh, while the right thing may be fighting against uh, certain things to on the right way, uh, but still receive. Uh, how do I balance this? Or how? so it's very situational. Would be different for each person, and we're all dealing with some form of that. Trying to receive, trying to be have some gratitude for what is happening to us, and at the same time, not cave in and do what some asshole is uh, trying to come in and take over our life and get and, and drive their opinions or their ideas at us. So it's a very delicate situation. But as much as you can, receive. 
as much as you can, but don't don't go the other direction and totally cave in. So if there's a strong awareness practice, which is what you're doing when you're holding the body very still, which is the, the one aspect of mind, you have some say so about it, might be aware of the body situation, holding very still, you can see more clearly what happens in the mind. This gets you to so that you can handle what's uh, upaya or skillfully, you can handle situations skillfully because you're not setting up a standard that blocks you from seeing what the damn situation actually is. You're actually going to be vulnerable because you've just been practiced being vulnerable in front of a wall, hopefully for years. So that when you come into a every everyday situation in, in your life, in your job or in your social situation, your family, your partnership, you, you're able to receive that as it is. At the same time, it may hurt, may feel threatening. And then uh, using uh, skillful means or upaya, which is an aspect of wisdom, uh, then you're able to, to work with that in a way that I'm not saying it's complementary, but it, it works with the dependent origination rather than goes to war with it. It might feel like war. It might look like more. I'm not saying you might not have to punch somebody. Unlikely. I mean, you, you're working with someone, but I, I'm saying that so that you can see that it's not about uh, it's not about showing up a way that no one is going to judge. Because someone, how you work with a situation, someone looking on, and especially the the person that you're working with, might judge you for the way you're handling this, because you are you are doing it situationally out of that situation itself, rather than your ideas, your opinions, your judgments, your standards, and all the bullshit that happens in society that tries to what control people. Don't control anybody. Don't, especially don't control yourself. Be aware so that you can at some day in your life, eventually before, the, before this body goes back into the elements, you can actually liberate yourself. So you can live in an open dimension of being where there's no right and wrong, but you don't miss anything. And you, you function appropriately towards anything. Mahesh, you, you actually see things so clearly. You see the, the confusion the person is downloading onto you, and you also see the intense fear that is bringing that about. They're, you, they're doing that to you or to your situation or to your, your workspace or to your kitchen table so that they don't have to look at the fear here. And if the person has no mind training at all, the only way you can do that is to um, give them the space to function the way they are. And if they start harming people or harming you, you might have to put a stop to it. You, they might call the shots as to how it's done. You don't have to be some kind of angelic being who can't do this or do that. Don't set up standards. This is not just my teaching. Been around for centuries. So do it out of the awareness. You can't do it out of the awareness without a lot of sitting practice. We're not all sitting, um, didn't decide to sit for a whole month in February, just for the hell of it. We're doing this because my idea, and I think uh, along with uh, Chazan talking about this, people really need to practice more. I can tell by the nature of the questions, need to sit more. And then the questions come out closer to the fundamental areas that are problematic, which is belief in a self and belief in an other. Those two things will spin around like this. I like it. I don't like it. It's good. It's bad. She, she said, they said, they, they did. They, we're constantly chattering to herself. Have you noticed? Talking to ourselves, reifying our opinions, our ideas, our guesswork. Very difficult to be for ego to just be open. Ego, <laughs> uh, it's fake. Ego can't be open. 
Ego can't even see itself, but consciousness can. Consciousness can see what this is, and I encourage it. And how do I know? I'm looking at it. I don't have a bucket full of knowledge over here. Like I didn't memorize the Heart Sutra. I didn't memorize the 30 verses, <clears throat> although I've studied them quite a bit. But I'm, I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking at this when I talk about if you have the word illusion and delusion, I can talk about that. I can waste in a whole afternoon if you want me to. I'm not going to do that, though, because we're going to go party down, right? Yeah, that's later. You have a question, Kelly? Why not? I can't put it together. Huh? I can't put it together. Well, that's very questionable. Isn't that good enough? Eric, how about you? you have a question? I don't know. Does anyone here have a question before I go back to the Zoom screen? Go ahead. In talking about blame, and if we're not blaming somebody, but we're blaming causes and conditions somehow, like the weather or some generalization. That weather. I get so upset with the weather. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> What's your question? Is that a problem or is it something to look at? Nothing is a problem if you're aware. And the causes and conditions that arise in any one of you here that are coming up, I often say this, if what you're experiencing is appropriate, you need to experience it, but you don't have to push it down, fluff it up, elaborate on it, or abandon the very thing that is arising in your mind stream for something you think about. That's very subtle. Eventually, if you continue to practice, you'll notice the way you separate you you leave what's arising for something that's more comfortable more believable more 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 so what was the question that rose here in the screen it was uh, i thought there was a question there maybe not oh here it is alisa says what is trust mm. Shows up in different ways. Uh, my way of saying it is uh, if you see something that you feel is either maybe trustworthy, but you're not sure, or maybe untrustworthy, but I would say give it the benefit of the doubt. This is what you're doing when you face the wall. You sit down, you hold still, you sit in a symmetrical posture. You do what you would like the mind to do, was just be symmetrical, just have some balance, sit, and eventually the mind will settle down and do that. There's no promises, there's no guarantee, but do it anyway. And eventually you'll find out what that is yourself. That idea of trust is giving something a benefit of the doubt for a long way. So you can really see for yourself what it is. So don't trust anything. Don't trust anybody. Don't trust me. Now, if you get really close and you're a close student of mine that like lives at the monastery and is a, a monk, probably going to have to do some trusting somewhere. But even then it can be somewhat selective. Get too close to the teacher, you get burned. Don't get, don't get close enough to freeze only from the point of view of the teachings, because you can cover all that up and oh, who needs a teacher. I'm just going to go and live in uh, here, uh, here or there and just party down every night, work all day, party at night or do something else or even do something very creative or do it's up to you do what you want to do. But I would highly recommend you train your mind. 
but see clearly so you don't go back into the elements still believing in a bunch of crap. Yes. So could you go back through the steps of how an illusion becomes a delusion? So the illusion shows up every moment. It's an illusion, but it's just a description or a way of defining what shows up. It's unreal. And then uh, we passion, aggression, ignorance. We we uh, believe it. We think it's true. That's that's one. Another one is we. Well, that's not true. We disbelieve it. We try to push it away. Pushing, pulling, and shutting down. Aggression, passion, ignorance, or distraction. Those are the ways that we reinforce uh, the illusion of a separate other that's happening that needs to get the hell out of here, or a separate self that needs to uh, do this or do that, or come to, uh, come to some other kind of a uh, so-called relative stability me, 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 and my stuff, my ideas, my possessions, my incredible wealth, my incredible brain power. I'm able to think, uh, you know, there are people on, on YouTube that are constantly chattering about everything they know. Knowledge, knowledge, it's, a, it's, a, it's an inferior, you want to use a, a, some kind of a situation there uh, to describe it. It's not exactly that, but it's an, an inferior form of knowing, uh, of, of having actual something you know, knowledge. Uh, wisdom is, is not, has no object because it, wisdom just sees wisdom everywhere. Is there anything that is not illusion? <laughs> so any and thing, so any separate dynamic that's happening everywhere is unreal. It's an illusion. So in identifying illusion, yeah. whether from the, uh, well, from the six senses, can illusion arise from thinking? I'm not sure what you want to know. I heard what you said, but what do you want to know? I'm looking at how you constantly talk about how this is unreal. I do. This is illusion. Yes. But at the same time, I think you also say that that doesn't mean that it's not here, that there aren't people here. Yes. So what, when we see what is an apparent other. Yes. How can we not turn that? apparent other illusion into delusion to watch the way that you the awareness that you're training you're prioritizing of just receiving just receiving you're prioritizing that receiving so that when you get off the cushion and you go into uh your what post meditation or your kitchen table or your workplace or your parking lot and you go into that you begin to see through you begin to see that everything that shows up is is it's there it's solid. That's part of the illusion. Very suspicious that something would stop, stop you. That's the illusion that there is otherness. This proves over and over to the ego. The ego uses this kind of thing constantly. And what's being said is that is the illusion. That is also the Buddha. That's what you need to awaken to. Sorry for 
banging on the table. <laughs> Actually, I'm not too sorry. More? I'm just struggling with the word illusion. It feels like it's fake, not real, that, that it, it needs to be gotten rid of. So, it's the, the, to quote the uh, um, Sadhana Mahamudra of Trungpa Rinpoche, uh, it is vividly unreal in emptiness. It's vividly, that it means it's vivid. It's vivid. It's a Stephen King movie. It's vividly there and it's vividly unreal. And emptiness, it's, it's empty of your imputations, your ideas, your conjunctions, your collaboration, and your judgments about it, but there's still form. So it's, it's just a way of teaching that, that is endeavoring to get you closer to the actual, almost tactile feeling of emptiness, that emptiness is not some kind of nothing, nothing out there. It's, this is emptiness. <laughs> More. Tisho, next. Tisho. Tisho Aving. <clears throat> Since everything is dependently arisen, what separates out thoughts and emotions and opinions as delusion? Whereas what occurs originally is not, but it's the illusion of separation is actually believed. So the so consciousness always finds its own form. So it's happy to comply with your insanity, not yours. You're not insane. Well, maybe a little bit. <laughs> so it's compliant. What it, it totally is in in favor of doing whatever comes up. That's why, that's why they're ears. That's why they're, because consciousness finds the form it's producing this. We're in a particular area uh, in this uh, kalpa or this yuga uh, that, that it shows up as this kind of illusion, the kind that is a human with a mouth. This is unreal. This is, it's there. It's there. This is here. But it's like you're in the middle of a big movie. I quite often use the the stage set, I say, stay in the front row where there's a little bit of objectivity. If you get on stage, you're going to be part of the whirlwind, part of the success and failure, right and wrong, should be, shouldn't be. It's just like, you know, watching Netflix the rest of your life. More? Chisho. Chisho, uh, again, I get the impression that uh, you are probably making a difference between what occurs first and then what is added on. Yes. But everything is dependently arisen. Even what is added on is dependently arisen. Ego is dependently arisen. It is. The, the illusion that something is added on is an illusion. There is no time and space. There is no event. That's the illusion that I stop that and I have I'm not going to have anything to do with him anymore because of because of because of because of because of because of because, of, because, of, because like the bumblebees. <clears throat> so that's an illusion. The very thing you're asking about is the basis of the illusion that there could be an event or something, past and future. It, it all comes apart in consciousness, and yet there's still form. There's still a body. You wake up in the morning. You go and brush your teeth. It's an illusion. <laughs> it's an amazing illusion. And the, the thing that's also amazing about it is you get used to it. 
eventually if, if everything, every time you wake up, there's nobody there and there's nothing happening. And then you meet a bunch of people, I call them students, who come to you and think you know something and they fall at your feet or fall at your mind and tell and ask you, I need help. Then what do you do? You, you produce, you say, look at this. Say, look, look at this. Just look at, just observe this. Be a spectator. Sitting meditation, shikantaza, just precisely this. It, it, it takes a lot of work. The karma that is showing up uh, in this room or in, on the Zoom screen as your particular karma is very unique and gives us the illusion that we're actually separated from others because our karma is so amazing and diverse, cause and effect that has been happening, not just in this lifetime, because this goes back a long time. I'm not even marketing you, marketing uh, some kind of belief in past lives. I say, don't believe in anything, don't disbelieve in anything, and don't ignore anything. It's a standard response that I have to any of that. I still feel like I'm missing the, the one part that you asked, Tisho, about how does that occur? Tisho, uh, I'm still struggling with the differentiation you seem to be making between delusion and illusion. Yes. So I'm only differentiating in order to teach. So I have to differentiate, but fundamentally they're not different. Just like, just like insanity, complete insanity and Buddhahood are not separate things. Realize it. I will help you as much as you let me. If you don't let me, I have nothing to sell. Nothing. I won't market anything to you. You turn and go the other way. I, I might not even say goodbye. That's up to you. It's your karma for you to do what you need to do. If you want this kind of help, uh, my whole life is about this. If you don't want this kind of help, then stay the hell away. Go do something else. Find something else that means something. Find another teacher if you need to. Find something that's meaningful to you. Sir. I don't, I don't recall. Well, start. Okay. <laughs> start recalling. What was it about? Well, what do you like it to be about? Meditation. Well, then ask me something about meditation. <laughs> the relative struggle in our post-meditation yes. lives is very apparent. It is. And we ask lots of questions about that. Really? What is the misunderstanding that we're missing when we sit down to meditate that we don't ask about? I think it's a, it's a good question. I think it's unique to each person, shows up differently with each person. And sometimes it's uh, not just uh, about asking, it's just being in touch with that dynamic in your mind that where there's a lot of confusion and, and, you're, and you're watching the outflows, you're watching the production, you follow me a little bit? You're watching, the, you might have to watch those that production quite a bit before some of that starts to settle down. It's very, very difficult and very challenging. And I don't know if it can be done without some kind of a, without a teaching, without a teacher, and without a community. Go ahead, Chisho. Chisho Bowing, I have a practice question. Yes. Uh, the analogy you often use about uh, not being on the stage, but being in the first row. Yes. Uh, in practice, it feels like I'm constantly on the stage looking at the first row <laughs> occasionally. Does yeah. that change over practice? Well, it doesn't, it doesn't need to. It really doesn't need to change. 
you just need to continue to do what you're telling me there using those uh, same images that I use is you're saying that you really aren't just on the stage. You're actually, there's some quality of that first row because you're aware of it. You're aware of a differentiation between those two. And so just, it's just about awareness. Just continue, continue, continue. And you, you'll notice, and, the, and it may go the other direction. And what will be interesting, if it does go the other direction where you suddenly are more on the stage and less aware of the first row, you can't help but notice that too. So you'll be aware that you're there. It's just an odd, to use those images, eventually when those images start to show up as representing your experience of first row or on the stage or you're the director or you're backstage or you're, or you're taking tickets at the door, whatever may be, whatever may show up. Your awareness uh, around that will will not stay the same. It will continue to to morph this direction, finding its own form, finding any kind of form that it, it can that it finding and using any kind of form that shows up in order to substantiate, reify the ego. And if you see that, then that starts to break apart because the very path is to see uh, ego, see the that that is unreal. So seeing that that's unreal might have a different kind of course. Uh, you might find that sometimes you feel like you really are an observer. You are in the first row. You are watching the, the shenanigans going on in your mind stream about this, about that, memories about the past, uh, uh, preferences or ideas or guesswork about the future. All of that comes and goes and comes and goes. And it's just the two thens. It's back there, that then, the past. And then there's the, that other vent then. Uh, the future, which never gets here. I mean, it gets here in terms of forms, but fundamentally, it's always this. This doesn't mean that that you have to hold on to this and never think about the future or never recall the past. Sure, you should do all of that. It's the extra that we put on it, the validation or the, content, or the, the uh, condemnation, passion and aggression, or it's none of my business or I'm not going to think about that anymore. And going to some other reference point that's could be anything from uh, handball to uh, uh, lifting weights. You can actually lift weights and substitute lifting weights as an activity that's not wrong, but you can actually avoid meditation by lifting weights a lot because at least you're doing something. <laughs> lift weights, please. I'm not saying you shouldn't lift weights. Just saying, you, it's all always about awareness, not about what you do or don't do. Any, uh, we could go a little bit longer. Any specific questions about uh, illusion or delusion, and what I'm endeavoring to point to there? That this, that you're, if you're deluded about what this is, uh, and you're confused about what it is, then it, then it's a delusion. But if you see that the delusion is an illusion that is unreal. That won't make it go away. It might get more intense because now it has your permission to hang out, take up your mind space because it's vividly unreal and emptiness. What goes through this old man, what goes through this mind stream is uh, there's no gates there. It doesn't give me some kind of status as a superior being, but I experience all kinds of emotions that belong to nobody. I could say they don't belong to me, but that's not important. They don't belong to anyone. They might belong to someone in here or someone here. Not separate. Also, not the same. Anyone else on Zoom? Isan. 
you send bowing you mentioned um, buddhahood and insanity being the same yes. it, um and sometimes in thinking about the illusion and delusion of what this is i get this little shred of boy if i really if i really went in there i would i would be insane i wouldn't be able to interact in the world anymore how is it that's a that's the fear the fear the ego was going to tell you that you know this is going to come this comes apart you won't know what to do you better hang on to this little shred of me 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 you know protect yourself kind of cozy up in, in this area with nice pillows and everything and you know practice later but right now i'm just going to kind of stay cozy and just enjoy my my opinions my ideas my emotions my feelings my beliefs blah blah blah, blah. but if you if you liberate yourself you find that you are the very thing that you were afraid of. You are the open dimension. You are the lack of reference point. You're, it's called liberation. You're liberated from conflicting emotions about the nature of reality. You're no longer a prisoner of anything. Sound good? It's a difficult path. And it's, these are just words. You can't describe what this is. It, it is so beyond the whole uh, relative situation of right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, war and peace. Um, it's so beyond that, that it's frightening. But when you see what it is, it's not separate from it. Buddhas and sentient beings are not two. Illusion and delusion are not two. You have to see it. It's talked about separately until and pointed at in that way so that you can get to the wall. So that you can train your mind, so that you can see that you have always been the Buddha. You have always been the awakened one. There are not two things anywhere. Don't believe that. I'm not asking you to trust me, believe what I say. This is not Buddhism, if it's taught the way I understand it, from the Buddha 2,500 years ago and through my teachers and this, what I've studied. Uh, there's nothing to realize. But you have to realize there's nothing to realize. And that's, you can't really do that with a thinking process. Go ahead, Isan. Isan Bowing, does the way that one interacts in the world change when we see the illusion, Bowing? Yes, you'll stop making decisions and you won't think about stuff. I mean, really, you, some. But if you're sitting in a chair by yourself or you're sitting on the back porch, uh, you might watch the birds or you might watch your, you, you, you kind of turn into kind of a simpleton. When I say simpleton, I'm, it's not a judgment of anything. It just means that you're very, everything is very simple. Past and future are in shreds. There's just this, just this. It's always this. I don't believe this. This is not a religion that is, at least as I, as I see it, that we're trying to get you to believe in the Buddha. Or believe in this is a this is a, 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 a spiritual path that is practiced religiously, but it's not a belief system. If you can find somewhere where that was promoted in the past, I wouldn't mind seeing it. Uh, also, the whole idea of the misunderstanding of what the Buddha was teaching can show up as believing in this or that. Quite often, there's. Some sutras are all about that because some people are only can do it that way. <clears throat> you read the Lotus Sutra, it needs to be done that way. 
read the Diamond Sutra, it needs to be done that way. That's why there were 18 schools, which I think was probably planned by the Buddha. So if we become a simpleton and do less, how, how is it that we fulfill the vow of saving all beings? You don't become a simpleton and do less. You look at all the complications. That's how you do it. You actually look and you see, you eventually see that there's no solid self called me. And that takes a while because that, when that starts to show up a little at a time, it can be terrifying and it can be disappointing. It can be heartbreaking. But it is your heart. It's still your heart doesn't go away. Still just 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 broke. Just sad. Go ahead, Jen. Jen Bowling. Um, I'm trying to come up with a metaphor that's helping that might help me understand illusion and delusion. Uh, I don't know if you have a better one, but I wonder if the first thought I have is maybe looking in a mirror the image I see is the illusion and is delusion that I operate from the position of the reflected. I, I think there's an area when we are looking at in mirrors, it's always quite uh, confusing uh, because there's only, there's only one thing, but it looks like there's two things. And so uh, that, that may, uh, rather than comment on that too much, I would let you work with that mirror. I think the mirror uh, illusion uh, is, is a good one. So, read uh, the, the Song of the Jewel Mirror Samadhi, you've read that, and that, that would be a good uh, place to work with the whole mirror idea. It's all over the place in there. Sir. You've talked about the sense of humor in terms of spaciousness in the past. I mean, it feels to me, in my experience, that pain kind of tightens that space yeah. up. It also feels like pain increases the more I practice. Is there a way to find the spaciousness in that pain? Uh, I will say it this way. From what I've seen, and you live here in the monastery and you practice, I think you're doing it. I mean, there's nothing to live up to here. I mean, we have forms and we have need to observe the forms as much as we can with our own situation. I think you're doing it just a matter of continuing. It, it takes a long time. This, this bundle of whatever that shows up as a human being and with these knots and our emotional dynamic, our thinking dynamic and all of that, they're dependently risen. And there's no point in looking for first cause. You can't find it. It's too complicated. And that's an understatement, complicated. But you can find what you can work with is how this shows up right now. That's why, like I was commenting on, on Jen's, uh, didn't actually answer it, but commenting on Jen's question, the whole idea of using a mirror literally going and looking at the mirror for 10 minutes and just see what arises as you look at yourself. So I'm not promoting that to you. You could do it. Sitting on the cushion is good. And I think you're continuing to, to do that. So um, we could talk more in a private interview possibly about that. Good question. The, the actual question tells me you're looking at it. So I could take a final question and then we'll uh, close. There is one. Jishin Bowing. Is delusion a reaction to illusion? Well, you could say that. It's uh, the, we see the illusion and then we 
concretize it. We push on it, which stabilizes it as being other. The illusion is, you know, why would you push on an illusion? It'd be like pushing on a movie. Uh, the movie is, but we do that with movies, don't we? We watch a movie and we start to side. We hope they win and we hope, oh, I hope she doesn't kill him. You know, it's a movie. We do it's a movie. So maybe I should just sit down next to everybody and remind you as you're as you're living your life. It's a movie. It's a movie. You're on stage. You know, get to the first row. Come on, guys. You're candy over here. <laughs> so I'm just saying it, it is an illusion. And yes, to respond to your question, we we can't stand the ego, which is already uh, dependently arisen and probably comes from the 13th century. Who cares about that? We can't go back. There is no back. There's just this. The 13th century is now. Right now. Right now. It's now. There isn't anything but now. The two thens are shot. Then in the future, then in the past. It's right. It's always, have you noticed? It's not a big secret. Or it's an open secret. There isn't anything but this. And it's looking at you. It's looking back at you. Everything is looking back at you until you see what it is. And then there isn't thing, anything but this. And it's empty of a self. It's empty of an other. All right? There's no other. So therefore, no one suffers. There's no one for the Bodhisattva to save. Therefore, she has saved everyone. But she has to see that. She can't just make it up, imagine it, pretend it, anything like that. She has to see it. And that might involve looking into the darkness quite a bit. Pretty dark in there. Okay, let's uh, go elsewhere. We're going to go get drunk, right? Yeah. <laughs> On pizza. We're not getting drunk. On pizza. We're going to have pizza, and that's... You kind of get drunk on Hi, my name is Kozan, and I'm a monk at Sokokoji, where I practice with the guidance of my teacher, Sokozan. We rely on your donations to support our programming of practice, study, and teachings, and to fund scholarships that help our full-time practice residents with tuition and living expenses. Thank you for helping our sangha.